Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke couple of guys who would uh, never play a possession five-on-four shorthanded <laughs> while spacing out at the scores table. We are your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. And maybe, Kyle, starting today, we just need to be your Timberwolves therapy destination. Yeah, I did I did not have Timberwolves trying to develop a power play kill unit uh, 12 games into the season. But um, <laughs> we're like, what, three weeks in, and we've had Rudy Gobert attempt a three-pointer that didn't hit Minnetonka. We've had Ant, the uh, the game froze, and he just stood still uh, for an entire possession. And then last night, the Wolves played five on four, um, <laughs> which if you if anyone remembers Vivek, who owns the Kings, yeah, uh, that was one of his like big strategies. Is he That's like came right. in and was like, I would love to just keep one player on one side of the court. Um, in this case, D'Lo was on the bench, but he was like, let's just play five on four. It worked for my daughter's YBL team. Um, and hell, maybe that's what Chris Finch will do. Uh, in their next game is just let's just keep one guy down there and then try okay. it. But it didn't work. So that, that's for sure. Okay, now that you brought brought this up, here's where I'm at in my my Timberwolves insanity through 12 games. As I keep trying to tell them, I'm I'm doom scrolling <laughs> Wolves Twitter on the plane last night. I'm yep. also I was watching the game on League Pass on the plane. Just like the people around me thought, is this guy? Is there something wrong with this guy? I kept like throwing <laughs> my hand in the air, like, what are you? Come on, what are you doing? Okay, if if you had two options. The Wolves can keep running out the same starting five with the same weird energy and the same dumb mistakes and just hope that it gets better. Or they can adopt the Vec strategy and just keep Rudy Gobert under the basket <laughs> on one side of the court. You're going to play five on four defensively, but you're going to lob an inbounds pass all the way down to Rudy, and he's going to catch it right, right near like the restricted that. I kinda area. I kind of like that, that idea. Chris Finch, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. He said just a couple minutes ago that he they're they're not going to make any changes to the starting lineup, um, for now. So why not? Why not just put Rudy and just have him stand <laughs> right by the basket or cat? And... Maybe you want cat. Maybe they alternate so that, yeah, that, that might you want good. the you want the shot blocking. If you're going to play five on four defense, you'd like you know at least at least prevent them from getting yeah, easy have buckets cat in the post paint. Up right, in like a corner, get the rebound, chuck it down long or like full court, and then have cat shoot a corner three, and uh, maybe that will solve everything. But I I cannot. <laughs> I cannot believe, even though I we've talked about Timberwolves scar tissue and all these things, how many just memeable moments this team has had twelve games into the season. It is historic. It is there's just you really can't make it up, even if you've followed this franchise for thirty years. Yeah. How dude. many? And last night was just the icing on the cake, right? It's we're trying to come back, we're trying to inject some energy, and the four guys looking around the courts like, "Where's our fifth guy?" And you hear in the background someone yelling, "Delo, Delo," and he was just permanently. Sp- fixtured on the bench. what happened what I, how did they played a a free throw well, was shot they actually got a stop <laughs> like if you watch <laughs> the play like they actually did get a stop it was vivek strategy worked but then of course they I mean they can't rebound with five guys so god forbid they're gonna rebound with four um and they just didn't have i i've i've seen a lot of weird stuff in the nba like even when ant didn't move seen that before yeah never seen a just a team play five on four. I've never seen them come out of a timeout and not have as many guys. So I can't even imagine what it was like for you on the plane. People must have thought you were absolutely out of your mind. <laughs> Who is this guy just throwing his arms up in the air, watching a Timberwolves game 30,000 feet above the ground, just swearing and stuff. So uh, we'll get to Phil and Kyle read the comments. We have all sorts of thoughts and takes here, but 
we were both kind of, you know, we were texting last night and we're, we're sitting here before the show thinking like, where do we even, or did it be kind of <laughs> groundhog day with like, we've yep. seen the same game happen like seven times already this season, if not more. And so, um, you, you've been a listener of Mackie and Judd throughout the years and, yep. and purple daily. We do this on a weekly basis as well. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot right now. Love it. And give you your first ever crack at a pie chart of blame. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, so this requires <laughs> on-the-fly math as well because you Got need it. to – you need to – you're going to take a pie of 100% and you're going to divvy up blame however you see fit. Okay. Now you can – now, I guess we don't have all day here, so like if you've got 23 slices of, if you want to, you know, go after assistant coaches, that's up to you. Uh, so uh, we're just looking for your pie chart of blame for why the Timberwolves look like garbage through 12 games. No, this is perfect timing uh, because since we last spoke, the Wolves have lost back-to-back games by double digits, uh, like 13 to the Knicks, 12 to the Suns, but also they've outscored both of those teams by 10 points in the fourth quarter. But all that means is, is that the end result was not as bad as the actual game was. So they've yep. been terrible all week long. Um, and because of the lack of energy, and this is across all sports, when you start to see a team not come out multiple times straight and not have energy, you start, the easiest one to get rid of is the coach, right? He makes the least amount of money. You can replace him. You can't really cut players, but you can cut a coach. I don't know much. But I would stake my reputation on if you don't think Chris Finch is the answer, you're probably asking the wrong questions. Yeah, I don't I, really I agree, dude. I am not anywhere near fire Chris Finch mode, but they're playing like a team right. where the coach gets fired. Right. Most of the time, that's the simple answer. But how many more? Chris Finch has been with this franchise way less than Carl Anthony Towns and D'Lo, but he's also even been here less than like Ant and Jaden. There's a lot of things wrong with this team, but I don't think Chris Finch is in it. So to to the pie, Chris Finch is really not in my pie because I know that guy well enough that I just don't I mean he can't get on the court. He can't physically get these guys. He I mean hell, he can't get the fifth starter to go out there and be in, in the rotation. So mm-hmm. I would say I would say it's a 50%. I'll keep my pie simple so I don't have to pull out Excel. 50% of the blame to me right now is shared between the backcourt. It's if you want to go 25, 25, 30, 20, it's D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. D'Angelo Russell is the scapegoat a lot of times. And, you know, I think he's the easy one to pick on because his style of play isn't physical. It's not fast. It's very herky jerky, but he's just been flat out bad. And for a guy that he's the only one of those five starters that does not have a guaranteed paycheck come July 1st, 2023. We know Ant's going to get extended on a rookie deal. We know Jaden's going to get paid. Rudy and Carl are paid for the next four years. D'Angelo Russell is the only guy that has no NBA future guaranteed. And you just, he was the guy last night that wasn't on the court. Like he, if he, he, this, this Anthony Edwards came to this team and had Ricky Rubio as a kind of a vet, but also a floor general. Pat Bev did some of that stuff too. D'Angelo Russell holds himself up like that. But man, if you're not even like head in the game of being out there when you're subbed in for Torian Prince, that's really bad. But then, too, to protect the D'Lo guys, Ant's been terrible. <laughs> I, 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 My only hypothesis is that when he was sick last week, as well as Rudy Gobert, I don't know. We talked about this on Monday. I don't know what the COVID protocols are. Um, I don't know if Ant has COVID. I don't know if he just has a flu. He just doesn't look the same. He doesn't have the same burst. He just doesn't look like the Ant that we've seen in the first two years. So 50% of the blame goes on those two guys. I think 30% goes on Carl. I think Carl production wise is playing pretty good basketball, but I'm 34 and I've watched enough basketball where like you can also just, I mean, Kevin Love was doing it, right? That's just gonna say, empty calories. Um, empty calories is usually getting good stats while your team loses, which is kind of what's happening here. But empty stats can also mean, or empty calories can also mean like, it's just not an inspiring basketball. The, the, the team I watched the second most behind Minnesota is the Blazers, just because I'm out in this market. And Damian Lillard would just never – he just inspires his teammates. I don't know what it is. It's, it's hard to analyze You're like, right. psychology, De- right? Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker Devin Book, inspires great call, great call. his teammates. Devin Booker, by the way, 
shouted the answers to the test at the Wolves bench <laughs> in the second half last night. I had stopped watching, but you were like, you, Dane Moore tweeted about it. Yeah. So I went back and, and saw the clip. It's like, he's yelling at the Wolves bench. We play team basketball. We share the ball. If you're the Timberwolves, I want to see 12 notebooks. Oh, oh, <laughs> what, what was that? We we do, what do we do? We, you team, spell that again? Team, okay, team, team basketball. Share, share, share the ball. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Like, when's the last time a Timberwolves player showed that type of alpha fire? I mean, well, Pat Beverly, I guess. And it, it, this is some of this is poetic. Some of this is like, you know, Pat Bev has only had great things to say about Minnesota, and he should because he was treated well, and the fans, vice versa, loved Pat Bev. But he did have that comment this summer when it's like, you know, they got a lot of talent, but I don't know if they have that dog. And we were like, yeah, that's probably right, but they'll figure it out. We're 12 games in now, and who who is the dog? I keep joking, like, we are going to see a players-only meeting at some point. I, that's just what you do. Yeah. But I don't know who's I don't know who's scheduling it. I don't know who is handing out the agendas. Yes. Uh, and that's why 30% of it goes on Carl, because I have been – this is going to be a little long-winded, so just bear with me. But I oh, have yeah, been more pro-Carl than most, because I, I always think about my basketball teams like I do a corporation – and I think that for most of Carl's tenure in Minnesota, he's been a good teammate. He's not always drama, not asking for trades. And he's had a lot of really messy things go on with different coaches and different front offices. And he, there's that one stat where he has like six years in, eight coaches, six front office members, whatever. But I was listening to you and uh, Judd talk earlier this week about Kirk Cousins, right? And how Kirk Cousins kind of needed the, like, the, the environment to be really good around him for him to flourish. Well, for the first time in Carl's career, the environment's awesome, right? Like you have a really good front office. You have a really good coach. You have what appears to be really good ownership. You have the most talent. You need to not only give this team 30 and 15. You also just need to like lift up your teammates. He said some cool quotes after the game about Ant that Dane Moore tweeted out um, about being his brother, that he would take a bullet for him. That stuff's cool, but I never see that on the court. I never Mm -hmm. really see that like, selfless i i thought the officiating last night was bad that you know that both him and rudy had three fouls in the first quarter but it doesn't matter it's just adversity that stuff happens to everyone yes. can you elevate those around you um because now there's no excuses you had excuses in the past when the jimmy drama or ryan Saunders not being a good coach all the stuff there are no excuses this is the best team you've ever played on you have financial security now you're making a half billion dollars you it's okay to ex- you say this all the time about Kirk Cousins. It's okay to expect more from Carl now. We should expect him to corner players and like, hey, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to be here earlier. What do you need me to do? I don't see that, and I know it drives you crazy as well. It does. There's I, I have I have a really hard time because I do love analytics. Yep. I love me yep. a good box score <laughs> as well, and I'm so glad you brought up Kevin Love because I think there's a really Interesting and unfortunate parallel for the for the Timberwolves, anyways. There's always been something off about Carl's personality and energy from an on-court basketball standpoint. Even mm-hmm. like he's become kind of the unofficial spokesman after the games now. Cause he is, I mean, to his credit, he does not skip media sessions. And, He'll and sit there the, right. and talk. And but I it, think you should at least give him a gold star because that sometimes is there's other dudes that just cop out of that. He does go up and talk. However, mm-hmm. back to you. Yes. Is the message. The things that he says don't mesh with his actions and they mm-hmm. don't mesh with how his teammates view him. Mm-hmm. He's, he speaks as if he is the Sherpa and the leader of mm-hmm. this group. He is the, he is the herder. I don't think his teammates have ever viewed him that way. And so there's, there's this weird disconnect between his, Offensive numbers always being highly efficient, and he's always putting up like 25 and 10, and now he's putting up assist numbers. And like his box score on paper, if you never watch the Wolves game, looks excellent. But he brings this sort of soft, losing energy to the team. And I, well, Anthony Edwards actually, I, I wrote this quote down after the, I think it was the Knicks game earlier this week. And he said, This is Ant talking. I feel like we try to bring energy. We just play soft, man. Like every bump, we're flying all over the place, including myself. So he did say including mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. But when he says we just play soft, man, like every bump, we're flying all over the place. 
He's talking about Carl. Let's not try. Well, but he could be. He's talking about Carl. If I were to tell you guys, Wolves fans, uh, the team plays kind of soft, uh, or there's a there's a there's a soft sort of tone and a overreact to every single bump that you take, both literally and figuratively, in a basketball game. Who sets that tone? It's Carl, but he also puts up. 25 points on 12 shots and grabs 12 rebounds and dishes out five or six assists. But this is kind of Kevin Love. You know, you mentioned Kevin Love. I think what we're seeing here with Towns, I'm the, my ship has sailed on D'Lo. I think extraction at this point is the best thing. I want to see, again, I don't think Jordan McLaughlin is like the long-term starting point guard answer, but I, I, I'd, I'd really like to see Jordan McLaughlin stir the drink. If it's the same other four guys in the starting lineup, I'm just, I'm just done with D'Lo. Cat's under contract for another half decade, so you got to figure something out here and, and and figure it out quick. But my concern is that, much like Andrew Wiggins and much like Kevin Love, we've got a really good player on our hands that just needs to be the third guy. Go to work. Here's what we need you to do. Shoot threes. Grab some rebounds. If you do anything else, that's awesome. You don't have to speak on behalf of the team. You don't have to try and lead the team. You don't have to shoulder the weight of the franchise every night. Just go be the third guy, or in Wiggins' case, go be like the fourth guy. And Love and Wiggins thrived and won championships in those roles. I could see that for Carl Anthony Towns. I I just I worry that it can't happen here. And him as the leader of this thing doesn't work either. So that's kind of my blah, on my that's like no, me, I, that's my Carl Anthony Towns word spew, I guess, here as we sit 12 games into this season. And I should quantify that I thought against the Knicks on like Monday or whatever, that they, I thought Carl played really well. And the again, as we said, the box score backed that up. He had 25, 13, seven, no Rudy that game. Um, but then last night, the, the, the Suns lost just kind of triggered me <laughs> into a multitude of directions, but there's also like the Carl D'Lo Booker best friends narrative stuff. And like when Devin Booker comes to town, he did it earlier this season with clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was one of his idols, but Devin Booker was like, I'm going to talk so much trash to you that ended up getting Clay Thompson like ejected because Devin Booker's mm-hmm. like, when I'm on the court, I'm a different dude than when I'm in the locker room or when I'm hanging out with Kendall. Carl Towns comes back last night against his buddy. Rudy's back. He took like the eighth most shots on the team or seventh most shots. He took seven total shots. Yes. He was in foul trouble, but I would love to see him just be one of those moments where it's like, I'm just going to go down swinging. Like I'm going to take 12 threes in Memphis and just try to will. I, I know you were saying he doesn't need to carry this, but there's like another angle where it's like, I wouldn't mind to see him just completely put it all out there, right? Just try to carry this team to a win to kind of break up the monotony of all these losses. So yeah, I'm with you. I There is no way to quant, you just said it, you're an analytics guy, ba- basketball reference, cleaning the glass. There's all these great things. I've always just been a vibes guy. This, this mm-hmm. if you can't relate, just pull away from the TV screen for a second and think about your job. Like the, if you work at a small company, the fifth highest paid person who is a specialist or a coordinator, they don't lead the company, right? But also too, like they can't have the biggest voice because they're the fifth highest paid person. They only get 12 minutes, right? You just, as much as I believe in Torian Prince and Austin Rivers and Kyle Anderson, sports show you that the leaders have to always be the guys at the top of the pecking order. Uh, And that's just not happening here. So 30%, 30%, that other 20%, because my math is fire yeah, right you're now. Up to, you're up 50, to 80% now. 30, yeah. uh, clearly I have a finance degree. The other 20%, I just kind of put other. I still, I know, I'll throw this to you, because you got uh, not into it, but you had a nice conversation last night with our good friend uh, KOC, Kevin O'Connor. Yeah. Um, I don't put a lot of blame on Rudy. I know his deficiencies I are, agree. some like his, his deficiencies are deficient, um, that three point attempt, I, I literally just burned it in my retinas. I wish it would go away, but I, I don't put a lot of blame on him because he is for the most part doing everything he can to acclimate to a new system, to a new team, to a new coach. Um, sure. There's a couple of spots where I, yeah, I wish he would shoot better from free throws or I wish he would just dunk the ball more. He looked a little more athletic last night to my little pea sized brain than he has the first 10 games. But I mean, there's just a little bit of like, you know, Jalen Noel still has some deficiencies. He was good last night, but I think against the Knicks, he had like seven points. Um, Jordan McLaughlin 
Remember how we talked about how Jordan McLaughlin's an elite two? I'm with you. He has to play more, but he's also shown in moments too, like he can't start. You can't start Jordan McLaughlin for like, or, or expect him to be like a 35 minute a night guy. He has yeah. his deficiencies too. Um, but yeah, the, the rest of the 20% is other goes around. I'm sure you could throw the coaching staff in there a little bit, but I really feel, I don't know, man. I just, I really think the coaching staff is trying all the different levers behind the scenes. Yeah. And it's more of just, they're not responding. And I know that you would say, well, then that's probably a reason for the coaching staff to go, but I'm not, I think you got to get some players off the roster first or out of the rotation before I'm going to start getting rid of the guy who's yeah, they, know, making the, making his calls. How do you keep running the same starting lineup out there at this point? I don't. That's, that's right. what I don't really get. At, at some point, yep. I like Finch as well, and I am not at all calling for his job to be in jeopardy. Let alone, mm-hmm. let alone just get rid of him. But at some point, you got to shuffle one of those guys, and just there's got to be a combination. You know that that group has played together now for 151 minutes this season. They're a minus seven points per 100 possessions. So are they? Are they going to turn it around on their own? I mean, you literally have a, a point guard that's such a space cadet. He f- forgets to check into a game down. <laughs> like also, here, here's one more thing on the D'Lo cat front. You know, these guys, I spent some time today going through their entire careers. The, mm-hmm. the team records in the games that they play mm-hmm. combined D'Lo. So they both came in the same year, right? 15, 16, so one, two, three. So this is their eighth season, each of them combined and they've played three seasons or so together basically uh and then like four apart they are a combined 168 games below 500 their teams are in their careers and the nba you tell me if you agree or disagree here but the nba you know there's literally only 12 active players five yep. guys on the court lebron james can leave cleveland and join Miami, Cleveland becomes 40 wins worse, and then he can go back to Cleveland. Like, individual players can cause huge swings in team results. Mm -hmm. And for all the numbers they put up in their careers, Cat and D'Lo just haven't had a huge impact on team wins in their careers. If you want to simplify it to just that, all right, you're a superstar player based on the box scores you put up, and the money you make. Right. But what impact do you have on team wins? And they haven't played on garbage rosters. They've It's it's not like we're, we're talking about, you know, G League rosters. There's been a couple of years where there's been some G League right. rosters yep. there. But, but not enough for them to be a combined 168 games below 500 in their career. So it just, it feels to me like D'Lo and Cat as focal points for a team, both financially and in just stature, don't have winning DNA. And I don't know that you can change that at this point. And I worry that if you keep going too far down the path here, banging your head against the wall, that Ant develops similar DNA. You know, that's that's the guy that I kind of want to protect here, that if this thing's going down the wrong path, or if you deem that D'Lo and Cat just aren't the guys to, to be taking up so much breath and bandwidth in this organization, then they're going to be confronted both in season and next summer. I just don't know that you can wait till if this thing keeps looking like this. Oh no, you can't wait. I don't know no. that you can wait till the summer to make some sort of jarring move. And the first move would the obvious move is Delo, whether it's just like benching him or bringing him off the bench or something like there's you can do something there yep. pretty quickly. The Carl thing is more of a macro. Like that's a big franchise altering like multiple draft picks trade yep. type thing that might not be able to happen till the summer, but I don't I just I guess my long rambling point here is those guys have been in the league long enough and they've been in leadership positions and their teams don't win big. They've only had like a smattering of winning and some of it was Jimmy Butler driven for Carl Anthony Towns too, right? Yep. Yeah, I just I'm re- I'm with you so much on that because I know if you're pro Delo, you start to get defensive that like it's not just his fault and I would 100% yeah, attest that. Yes. Not just his fault, but NBA is again. We talk about contracts, talk about politics. Like, there's way more that goes into this than just the guy that you root for. And he's the guy in this whole equation that doesn't, again, have long term security, isn't tied to this franchise that much longer, um, and is probably the first option that has to, even if it's not all his fault or 25% is too much blame, he's the easiest one to pull the lever on. 
and just and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to make you a six-man and just try to figure it out because he's the guy that I would be – and I said this when the Rudy Gobert trade happened. Like, I still would be shocked if they don't move on from him at some point because there was way too many rumblings this summer about them already kind of sniffing around the waters even when they got Gobert. Um, but you just – and also, too, uh, Ant's – Skate or Ant's excuse in all of this because people could be like, well, why aren't you blaming Ant more? Ant deserves some real blame now because you're not a rookie. This is your yeah. this is when other players make the leap, and instead of making the leap, God forbid, you're not even leaving the ground. You're not even leaving your space on the court sometimes. Um, but youth and age does matter. Contract. I mean, he he's still making way less than maybe his counterparts, so you still have time with him to kind of figure it out. Your point is is that at some point you just run out of the, the sample size becomes is what it is. You don't need more data to know that these guys, I mean, I think if you go look at the wolves playoff experience by on the roster, the guy with, I think this is right. The guy with the most playoff experience on the Timberwolves roster is take a guess. Uh, go bear probably, or Kyle I Anderson. think it's Bryn Forbes. Oh. I think I'd have to go back. Really? But like, I think it's like, we can go back. I had a tweet. I might've, I don't know where it is, but I think like Bryn Forbes, Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, and then like Rudy. Those four guys have like the most playoff experience, but Bryn Forbes is up there and he is like not part of the rotation. So again, this whole leadership thing, like Bryn Forbes could give one of those fiery, oh, like, oh, wow, yeah. Guys any played given a ton of playoff games. Yeah, exactly. Wait, was um, he seriously playing like 20? He was playing 25, 30 minutes a night in the playoffs in 2019. Yeah. I mean, he played way more with the Spurs in the playoffs than I thought he did. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Uh, there's that like not not the show, but like Friday Night Lights, the movie where there's that impassioned speech at halftime when he, that guy's like, what's wrong with y'all? Like Bryn Forbes could give that speech, but it's only going to hit if Bryn Forbes gets to play and he's not playing. So, again, like who who finally elevates this team? I know it's weird that we're three weeks into the season and we're not talking about numbers. It's all about mentality. Yeah, but that's been, you know, that's what, when when Jimmy left. That was one of his criticisms. Was it wasn't the talent, it was the mentality. When Pat left, it wasn't the talent. He he was blown away by the team's talent. It was the mentality. How many okay. more times do we get to this level where we're staring ourselves in the face and we're like, is is are the right guys, is the right mixture of guys on this roster? Not it's, the skill yeah, set. Again, yeah. I would still say it. I'll, I don't know what my reputation is, but like I would stake my reputation that this is the most talented Timberwolves team they've ever had. But that doesn't do much if you don't have the guys thinking the right way. And you think about the the different eras that you just kind of crossed, going back to like Jimmy Butler into Pat Bev, and then this year, there's really one common denominator. It's Carl. Carl right. is the is the franchise tone setting common denominator. And uh, yeah, it's just I don't know, man. I think one more thing on on the D'Lo front too, because yeah, I I hear that too from D'Lo defenders, which is. He's not. It's not all his fault. Quit putting it all on D'Lo. I have no interest in parsing apart. Like, well, who's it more at fault? Is it D'Lo shouldn't be that much at fault? Let's look at this. I'm interested in solutions, and I know that D'Lo is not a solution right now, mm-hmm. and Cat is not enough of a solution. And you mm-hmm. know, like Gobert with his offensive limitations can't necessarily be all of the solution that, you know, a Kevin Garnett was back in the day. Uh, Ant maybe isn't mature enough, consistent enough, or old enough to be the solution that maybe he will be in two years from now. So what are some other solutions? And it might be that you have to extract someone from the situation. Like I said, this is just kind of kind of a mess right now, to, and to be honest. I, I, and I think we're on the same page. We now know some of the guys we're ready to unload whether it just be from the rotation or from the city. Um, I'm not there yet with Carl because, as you said, that's more of a franchise-altering move. And I don't know, you know, the Bill Simmons philosophy of what number guy you'd be on a championship team. I think you going back to say Carl would be an elite number three. I mean, Kevin Love showed it. Mm-hmm. Wake, Wiggs last year was like a two-ish, three-ish. I mean, he, there were times in those finals where he was the second-best guy behind Steph, but – Carl would be a really good two, really good three. And if you're trying to build a title contender, you invest all these picks, you do need a guy like Carl to go to the next level. But you also just, you know, he's 26. He turns 27 next week. You you got to at some point, like, I don't think you become a really good leader in your 30s. No, Especially in, in a league where you're, you're, 
your career basically kind of ends at 34, 35. So mm-hmm. this is adversity, right? I mean, this is, I, I'm, I'm shocked that I don't really know what Alex Rodriguez's job description is as an owner, but I thought he would come into these moments where it's like, you know, I, three, uh, two count at Yankee stadium. And we were down two Oh in the, in the divisional round. And this is what I did. Like, I thought that's what Alex was supposed to come in and do is give these pep talks. Um, so I'm kind of, I mean, that are steroids. Like I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that, but they just, it's, it's, it's way more mentality right now than it is talent or X's and O's. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's easy, easier to solve or more difficult. My panic is like still a six because I just watch so many games where like, <laughs> there we go. I just, I watch way too many games where Sunday out of gains ran pick and rolls with Darko Milicic and then threw it to Wesley Johnson in the corner. That's not what this team is about. They have talent, but mentally, yeah. man, uh, it's, it's been tough to watch these last couple of days. So I, anyone that shows up to target center, by the way, someone texted me about this. Can you believe they're, they're booing bro. If you're going to the target center three, four nights a week and they're down 20 to a Knicks team or like a backup Suns team or whatever, like you should boo, like let it out. You're paying money to go to those games. Like, feel free to let them know until they turn it around that like, this is not good enough. The bar for Minnesota sports, Phil, you know, this better than everyone. You've taught me this. Like it's not that damn high. And the fact that you still, the bar is laying on the ground. It's not even. Yep. Sometimes we start to feel a little bit bad about how are we being too hard on this deal? No, 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 no. this franchise has been largely a dumpster fire for 30 plus years. Fans deserve better. People are still willing to be somewhat patient. I mm-hmm. think and, mm-hmm. and, and Carl as the spokesperson of the team, Kept saying, you will see the team. We we have great practices. You will see the team that you thought you were going to get. Just please be patient, et cetera. Um, but, you know, patience runs thin when you've been watching something similar for almost 30 years. For sure, for like the better part of the last 18 years. Because I don't want to discredit the eight years of yep, Kevin yep, Garnett exactly. playoff runs. Uh, but I, I will say this. If you're looking for maybe a a temporarily more entertaining option in basketball. The University of St. Thomas has a trio of big games this weekend on <laughs> campus, Kyle. The new-look men's basketball team, Division One's men's basketball team, opens their home schedule this Friday at 7 p.m. against Chicago State. And the women's hoopsters play South Carolina State Saturday night at 7 p.m. Football can clinch a share of the Pioneer League Championship on Saturday at 12 noon against Stetson. That game's on 1500 ESPN Radio in the Twin Cities. Come on out and support the Tommies. Tickets are available at TommySports.com. That's TommySports.com. Uh, also, a shout-out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So they are official partners of the Timberwolves, and they've been providing a guiding hand for business owners for over 100 years. I don't know how Federated can help with the shooting woes and some of these things we <laughs> talked about from a vibes perspective, uh, but they do specialize in helping you maximize the success of your business through risk management tools and resources Find out more and find out a full list of industries Federated specializes in over at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. You uh, would you like to dive into the comments here? Or go go ahead. I Sorry. was just gonna say if you if you're new to this pod or new to me or new to Phil, uh, Phil and I are friends. But that was such an elite to take a dumpster fire of a Timberwolves team and just be like, hey, listen, if you're looking for something else to watch, how about the St. <laughs> Thomas? Because last <laughs> night, as soon as the game was done, I have league pass. Um, it goes to a blue screen and it says this game is mercifully over. Um, sitting next to my wife on the couch and the she's so she's looking at my phone and the first thing I did was Google Iowa Wolves schedule. Yeah, and she just looked at me and she's been through it all. She you know she she just listens and lets me vent. She just looked at me and she goes, "You're down real bad." And I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I am down real bad." So yeah, Iowa Wolves this weekend, St. Thomas Athletics. Um, you know, put your energy into some things that they try hard on. They're trying to be successful. Hey, listen, Luca Garza, I know we initially brought you in for kind of a tire-kicking workout this summer, <laughs> and then we signed you to a contract. We now need you to be the franchise savior. Luca. come I, on, guy. I, I found myself last night texting a couple buddies like, hey, would it be the worst thing if we just brought Josh Minot up? And again, I was like, oh, man, that's um, that you know you're down bad when it's like, can Josh Minot save this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, let's go to the comments. That's All probably right. the highlight of my Thursday. Well, let's start with this one here. This is from this is from Twitter here. You can always tweet us uh, yes. at Phil Mackey at Kyle Tige from Dave P. Remember when you thought trading four number one picks for Gobert was a good idea? Yeah, good times. All right. At what point do we have to admit, as the you and I were both staunch defenders of the target centers idea, I am not willing to move off my stance on this yet. 
I don't think we know. I, I'd rather see a D'Lo extraction and some starting lineup shuffling mm-hmm. before I would admit that Cat and Gobert can't play together. Yeah, I, I think there are 32 million things that are wrong with this team, and you they're like egregious to look at, but I really don't think it's the Carl-Rudy pairing has been that bad. Again, we didn't get much preseason. Rudy missed a couple games of COVID, so... But I've I've kind of liked what I've seen. I've actually this is perverse, but because I went back and I again I was down so bad last night that I went and looked at my tweets on the Fourth of July or whatever when they traded for him, and I was like, if they actually trade and for you Rudy, deleted I'm, all of them. No, I was, <laughs> my, my biggest one was like, okay, I'm about to go to Mexico. If they trade for Rudy, just call the hotel and let them know because I'm going to stay down here because I was that anti Rudy Gobert. Oh, and maybe actually, you should have stuck to your initial take. Oh, I know. I actually have come around on him a little bit because I do think that if you start to run the right guys out there and they understand how to run a little more pick and roll. I mean, I think Rudy has, I just think he's shown a lot. Like I'm actually more bullish on Rudy than ever before, Mm -hmm. but I also was saying at the time, like, yeah, the picks are egregious, but you know, in the same vein, I'm with you though. That's my rant. Like I'm not ready to give up on this yet. I do think, yes, they don't have these picks, but if you do end up moving off of one of these core guys, you're going to get picks back and they have, and this is where we're going to run into this in a couple of weeks here if they don't figure this out. They have a lot of young talent. Like, we're big Jalen Noel fans, Nas Reed, Jane McDaniels, Anthony Edwards are all under 23. The G League guys, like, you might just have to invest in this youth movement you have and go to that second window of time um, and just say, hey, listen, we're going to pair a bunch of young guys with this shot-blocking center, and that's it. So I... I'm actually more into the Rudy Gobert experiment than I was before. I just think the pieces around him now are being highlighted as not working. Yep. Pro Rudy yep. Gobert. The other thing too is like you've committed to the four years. Mm-hmm. If you do determine that it's not working, I'm not turning around and then like shopping Gobert in the summer. I'm shopping cat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that there's a huge age difference between Cat compared to Ant versus Gobert compared to Ant if you're trying to match timelines. But I just, uh, for all the reasons why we already talked about, I would I would rather just sell as high as possible on Cat knowing he is what he is, which is a third option on a team. Maybe, uh-huh. a, maybe a number two. I mean, depending on who your number one is. If you have a Kobe-level number one, Maybe he, you know, in his prime, he could drag a Cat-type player as a number I think, two. Yeah, I, I think... In that equation, I think Carl could definitely be a Paul Gasol, right? Like be that mm. guy. But you, and then you know, going back to the age thing, Antris has a longer runway at 21 years old. Um, and also too, there's things that Anthony Edwards has never played with, like a shot blocking center like Rudy. But also going back to my Ricky Rubio, Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, even Jordan McLaughlin, he's never played with like a dynamic point guard next to him. That if you believe Ant to be as competitive as as we think he is, that might unlock some of his game as well. Just have a running mate that loves to also sprint and jump and dunk and do all these things. That's why I don't want to say it, but it's I've thought so. Remember the Dejounte Murray rumor? Yeah, that one that one hurts because I agree. that guy would have been. I wanted that one. That yeah. one that would have been a pairing that's like okay, we have these two point or these two guards under twenty five or whatever, and they both just are physical specimens and they love to get up and down in the transitions. So. Again, though, I'm 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 very much a Rudy Gobert fan. I've actually warmed up to him, uh, but I'm just literally talking through it right now. Thanks for this. No, it's, it's okay. Helpful. This is good. This is a therapy session. We're all here in this together. <laughs> uh, Eric M sends this in via the Score North app, the feedback tab on the Score North app. He's he was actually listening to our show from last Thursday and saying he agrees with starting Torian Prince over Jaden at some point and bringing Jordan McLaughlin off the bench, but maybe give him like eight more minutes overall. Uh, McDaniels has been a dreadful rebounder and can't really create off the dribble. He's been better off the dribble, mm-hmm. but yeah, the rebounding has been way down. I, th- I he just looks like a guy that should grab way more rebounds too. He's bouncy, he's lanky, he's six foot nine. Um, he did he did in his defense just he had a, career, a season high in rebounds yesterday, eight. He also had I think a career high in points in twenty four. Yeah. I am clearly biased. People know my stance on him, but I I, I kind of refuse to believe that Jaden's the problem. Um, his fouling is still an issue, but. He was, again, one of those investments that's like we could have given up Jaden and kept some picks and it would have all looked a little better in the transaction log. But to to, to bench that guy, it might be an alternative, but I, I don't think he's the problem. He he is out there defending one on, well, you know, depending on how many Wolves players are on the court, one on four, one on five. But 
I don't think he's the problem, but at some point, if this doesn't work out, he might be the easy guy to pull and put on the bench because ego, politics, all those things. Yeah. It's it, just another guy that you feel like, man, is there a way for him to roam free a little bit more? I mean, I, I almost would view it as, could you unleash him more with the second unit? Does the, does the, yeah, does yeah. the first could unit you... need just a little bit more shooting or something? You mm -hmm. know, because you're, you're kind of limited. You I mean, you're already going out there with one guy that can't shoot in yep. Rudy Gobert. Yep. And Jade McDaniels is not a good shooter yet. He can get he can make some shots here and there, mm -hmm. but he's not a great three point shooter. The thing I would probably try because the offensive rating is the thing that is really suffering with that five. I would whether it's Torian Prince or I don't know. There's probably a few guys you could try. Kyle Anderson actually, uh, when Gobert was out, didn't he start mm -hmm. at the five and, and they kept Cat at the four? Yeah, yeah. And he wound up having a pretty efficient game. But um, just going through here on Twitter. Let's see here. How uh, ironic How ironic is it? I'm sure you saw this. That after another just embarrassing blowout loss where you get booed off your home court, you had to wake up the next morning and promote what I deem to be one of the ugliest jerseys of all time. <laughs> like, like that is like talk about just being down and going through it. Um, I love this team and franchise for some reason, but that is so Timberwolves that they had to wake up today and be like, I know we've lost five in a row. Yeah. But we made these jerseys on kid picks, and they're pretty cool, and they're all unique. Everyone should buy one. Yeah, the twin the twins are about to do the same thing. I I've, I don't know what exactly their new uniforms look like, but sometime in the next week they're going to be unveiling at Mall of America their new uniforms, and people are like, just go win a playoff game, please. If no you, one cares. If you have to put together a docu series on what the jersey means. I probably am not going to buy it. Yeah. Like maybe just make it look like the, the Blazers. It's kind of chintzy, but like if you live out in Portland, the, the airport out here has this like really cool carpet and everyone like takes a foot selfie on their way out. It's like, oh, you know, so the carpet out here is a big deal. And they just basically made jerseys with a patch of carpet. I was like, that's kind of cool. Portland yeah. people ride with this carpet. So, yeah, not not a not a great time to debut new jerseys. Kevin Preble on Twitter says Jordan McLaughlin is better than D'Lo. Fan cool chimes into us and says, bench D'Lo and start Jordan McLaughlin. I'll throw a little more gas on this fire. And again, I do not think that Jordan McLaughlin is the second coming of Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. However, if you look at the Timberwolves' best four-man lineup combinations. So I'm, I'm going to go from two-man, three-man. This is four-man lineup combinations, okay? Sometimes you can... There can be a little noise here where, all right, well, are you just kind of along for the ride? Well... The Timberwolves' six best four-man lineup combinations. Check that. No, six. Six okay. best four-man lineup combinations. Uh, among combinations that have played at least 24 minutes together this season. All six include Jordan McLaughlin. None of those six include, obviously, uh, D'Angelo Russell. They did play together for a little bit, for sure, in that in that Knicks game, if I remember yep, right. Yep. They were on the court together. And now, Jordan McLaughlin has been, he hasn't played that many minutes the last couple of games. Uh, but for the for the six best four-man lineup combos, again, this is net points per 100 possession to all include Jordan McLaughlin, but not include D'Angelo Russell. I find that fascinating. All, most of them include Anthony Edwards and Jordan McLaughlin, and about half of them include Carl Anthony Towns. None of them include Rudy Gobert. Interesting. I mean, and he, I just don't know if it's because he missed those couple games or what. Um, and maybe I'm blinded by just what I see with my eyes versus what the numbers tell you. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. The, the only reason that I'm hesitant to make that move, and I, I kind of want to throw this back to you, is like, do you try a Jordan McLaughlin starting point guard role and then just really try to, you know, Jordan Clarkson's making a living for a really good Utah team coming off the bench, being a bucket getter. Yeah, is that you know, and Delo's shown you last year that like when it's just him and four. I mean, this is kind of what his Brooklyn team was. They took to the playoffs. It's like if it's just me and guys who fit me, but they don't need the ball, I can I can cook a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the problem is with that is if you demote him, and you also know that he's not long term here, are you kind of nuking yes. the trade value? You right? So it's well, like, you're probably you're probably nuking everything at that point. That's right. I but agree. You know, what I, you know what I mean? Though it's like would would the answer instead of be starting Jordan and you know, bringing Deal off the bench, would the answer actually just be like completely removing Russell from the picture and trying to get as much as you can? Yes. So that you know what I mean. So you're not deflating your own value because then you go talk to teams like, well, you're not even 
starting that guy anymore. You're bringing him off the bench. We're only give you a second. So yep. yeah, that's that's my only concern. But this is why it's and it's been grueling. It's like I hate the dentist, but it's like pulling teeth. We just got to get to 15 games. We just got to get to 20 games. Not because I think at 20 games they're going to flip the switch and be you know the 2020 Warriors or whatever, but because what Phil just said. Two weeks ago, we talked about Jordan McLaughlin and two-man pairings and all yeah. these good stats. Now we're into four-man pairings. We're pretty much figuring out the rotation of what it should be moving forward, yeah. um, and it has to be a lot of J-Mac. It would be pretty easy, too. So you'd have to find – what's D'Lo playing? Like, I think he's playing like 30 minutes a night here. So yeah. yep. you'd have to find 30 minutes from other players. And, by the way, D'Lo has been win chairs per 48. Like any analytic you want to look at, one, mm-hmm. of their, one of, if not their worst players. So he's playing exactly 30 minutes a night. So uh, and and Jordan McLaughlin's playing 16 and a half. So I would bump Jordan McLaughlin up to like 24 minutes from 16. Mm-hmm. And so that's eight. And so now we need uh, let's call it 21 minutes. I would go Jalen Noel up from 19 to probably 27. <laughs> Just. Right, he, he go look, go ahead, dude. He didn't look good against the Knicks, but I just he was their only spark off the bench last night because Nas Reed was sick or whatever, and they tried a Nate Knight experiment. But yeah, Jalen's another one too, where you got to find as many minutes from him as possible, and then you also got to figure out okay, if we're we know internally that we're going to move off of D'Angelo Russell maybe before February or definitely by the summer, and you think like, but we have a plan to pay Jalen. Well then, you got to just start playing Jalen more now. Like you can't mm-hmm. don't don't wait to break glass in February or March. Like get that he's he's not the playmaker that Jordan McLaughlin is. But again, psychologically, some we just need eight guys that are really going to die for loose balls and try really hard. They're going. Jalen Noel has major deficiencies in his game, but he at least tries and he gets buckets and yeah. he can shoot threes and that's a, not can be said for a lot of other guys right now. I agree. There's a little, you talk about who on this roster ha, of, of the 14 or 15 guys, right? Like who's got the dog in him? Yep, exactly. J- Jalen Noel has a little dog in him. For sure, for sure. He, he he has zero fear offensively. He can be a little bit of an inefficient chucker and disappear on defense, and I and I get those things. Uh, but I would have no problem bumping him up and saying, all right, you're going to play 25, 30 minutes a night here. M- maybe it's coming off the bench still, but you're going to be, and you might even be in the game we might tweak the lineup so that you're in the game at the end from time yep. to time. How and many times do they just like fizzle out? Oh, we're going to put the starting five back out there and then fart noise. <laughs> right. And, and with, and with D it was always, okay, we got to get him some guys that fit his style more and like who fits his style better than Rudy. And they just haven't clicked. Um, so that's why he's getting more of the blame for ant. If you start to surround him with these guys, I know I joked like a Josh Minot or, Jordan McLaughlin or Jalen Noel or Nas Reed, those lineups that Ant kind of flourishes in, is it because he's the primary player in those lineups? Or is it because he's just surrounded by guys that, hey, everyone else is trying really hard and running around the yard. Like, I probably have to try to run around the yard more. And yeah. maybe that's all it takes, right? It's just, if Ant's not going to be the most dogged person on a, on a five-man lineup. But if he sees one guy standing in the corner and one guy, you know, complaining to the ref and all this other stuff, he just... He's still young. That's that's his excuse, and he's going to get yeah. that excuse for a couple more years. So a lineup with Jalen and Jordan and Nas and Luca Garza and Ant, maybe that's the, the key to kind of send shockwaves into this franchise. There it is. Luca Garza. We have decided Luca Garza <laughs> is going to save in. the franchise. Let's make it happen. Sorry, sorry to Iowa and all the <laughs> Iowa fans, but we're, uh, we're, we are promoted Luca Garza, and we are – who are we sending down? I don't know. We can send down. Uh, yeah. Nate Knight, Nate Knight. Okay. Is Sorry, he still? Nate. Can he be? Can he be sent down anymore? I don't even know. I don't know. But even Nate Knight, to his def- like in his defense, he has so many limitations physically, and he's not long and all that stuff. But last night, he was the only guy who was like maybe ready to scrap with DeAndre Ayton. And yeah. I know that sounds weird. I'm not trying to go full malice in the palace, but like I wouldn't mind to just see because the Wolves now. Not only did the schedule was a little little easier than we thought, you know, to the first 11, 12 games. They're on like a four-game road trip now, and they go into some hostile territories. Like they're going to be in Memphis on Friday on ESPN, and Memphis loves to you know punk you. That's what Devin Booker did. That's why it was so great. I loved him being like, "We play team basketball." Well, Memphis literally just tells you they play team basketball. So I wouldn't mind to see like someone <laughs> not get in a fight, but like just show some heart. That's all. Again, the bar man is laying on the ground. Can you Agreed. just step over it? And also, I, I think. It's just there if who and maybe Ant's the only candidate, but like 
this team is there for someone to just grab it by the scruff and say, all right, yeah, enough point. of this crap. Mm-hmm. I am I am leading us out of this, and we are going to follow me in this direction. I am going to help us fix this. Yeah, there. That's that's brilliant. Solutions. There, there solutions. Are, there are. I know it seems all doom and gloom, and it's painful to watch. I am with all of you that watching these games, and like their eyes are bleeding. But yeah, there's a great moment here. Like if Jaden McDaniels just has enough, and I mean I don't want him to go full punch a teammate, but if he just starts screaming in the locker room, he could take the leadership mantle. Like there's someone just please. For the love of God, stand up out of your chair in the locker room and say, enough is enough. Let's let's figure this out. Yeah. So, well, we will be here to provide therapy sessions <laughs> as needed. Yeah, here. we're not going anywhere. See what happens, though. They're not doing very well on the, the mission here, which is to win 50 games for the first time in 18 years. They're not exactly pacing for that right now. In a Western Conference that has a lot more intriguing teams than maybe we thought, too. So, all right. Deep breath. Exhale. Go do some yoga. Flagrant Howl is your favorite Iowa Wolves podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is going to turn into in like a month, isn't it? Just, break, <laughs> just breaking down. The, uh, I'm Phil. He's Kyle. Flagrant Howls. We'll see you guys, God willing, next time. This is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. When Tyreek Hill signed with the Miami Dolphins, we all thought, what the hell is he doing? What made many scratch their heads even further was comments praising Tua's accuracy. In fact, people got tired of listening to Tyreek Hill. They would go as far as to just tell him to just shut up and focus on football. Well, the Miami Dolphins are 7-3. Tua Tagovailoa is near 2,000 yards, 15 touchdowns with three interceptions. Not to mention the Dolphins now sit at the top of the AFC East. Well, they can hear you now, Tyreek. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget, BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf exists at BetOnline.net as well. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.